if there are two things that are for certain in my life right now, it is that one, I'm really trying to prioritize the food that I put in my body because I know what I feed myself. I end up feeding baby Poppy. And two, I do not have a lot of time. And even if I have aspirations of having these great balanced meals, sometimes I just do not have enough time to follow through on that, which is why I'm so happy that I have discovered Factor. And Factor makes these delicious, ready-to-eat meals. They're fresh, they're never frozen, they're chef-crafted, dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So they are perfect for me on those really busy mom days when both kids are going crazy, and they're perfect for my husband when he has long shifts at the hospital. He doesn't really get a meal break, so he can just pop one in the microwave, and it's ready in just two minutes. And I love that they are no fuss, no mess meals, and they're good. They're really good. Plus, you can customize your weekly meals with flexibility so you can get as much or as little as you need. We need different amounts on different weeks, and so this is perfect for us. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunches, snacks, beverage. So it really is just perfect for us. So head to factormeals.com slash inminutes50 to use code inminutes50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code inminutes50 at factormeals.com slash inminutes50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Mindful in Minutes podcast. So today we're going to be diving into restorative yoga. So mixing it up a little bit and full disclosure, um, I usually record like I ha- like quite a bit ahead of time. Um, I almost never save a recording until like the day before or the day of. Um, but this just current season of life, the last few weeks, uh, they've been a little chaotic in the uh, in the mindful imminence household. Uh, it's you know it's just been it's just been a little wild, and so with that, I being human, I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't recorded uh, this freeform episode yet, and I need to do that. And I had something planned, but since it happened to be uh, Sunday when I'm recording this for a Monday release, so just tomorrow, oopsies, uh, I thought, you know what, since I am behind the schedule anyways, uh, why not just ask people what they want and give them that? I was feeling impulsive. I was like, why not, you know, why not be a little wild? Um, Because, you know, this is my idea of being very wild is slightly deviating from my color-coded schedule. But I did throw up a few options um, on my IG stories, and I was really surprised. I threw in restorative yoga 101 like as just like the fourth option because I was like well I don't know I'll just throw something in there and that like by and large was what everyone requested which is super fun and I'm really excited to talk about it but it kind of surprised me so you know I was feeling a little wild apparently you guys were feeling a little wild mixing it up but we are just going to be diving into just very high level overview of restorative yoga. So of course, this is one of the styles of yoga that I not only specialize in teaching, but that I lead teacher trainings in. So for people who are wanting to learn how to share restorative yoga or fuse it with um, other modalities, whether it be other styles of yoga that they're teaching, or maybe you are, um, you know, a hypnotherapist or you're a meditation teacher, or 
an acupuncturist, you know, whatever it is, I do pop-up trainings in restorative yoga. Uh, the next restorative yoga pop-up training, let's see if I can remember all of this from the top of my head. I know that I will be, I think the next one is in Bristol, which, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to go back to Bristol. Um, but yes, yeah, so it is in Bristol on October 2nd and 3rd. So I'll put all the information in the show notes. I'll actually be doing um, a back-to-back uh, yoga nidra teacher training and restorative teacher training. So it's kind of like a four-day training. You can take one or the other, or if you want, um, you get like the second one half off if you do like the full four-day training in both yoga nidra and restorative. But, you know, I'll just leave the information in the show notes for you if you're like, well, I either am in Bristol or I want to go to Bristol and I want to learn how to teach restorative yoga. I would love to have you. I still have some spots um, in that training this fall. Okay, so since we have established that one life has been a little bit chaotic and that, you know, we're all feeling a little crazy by deviating from our meditation and diving into a type of yoga, I think we should dive right into it. I will say, though, if you are also currently experiencing a somewhat chaotic season of life, um, I don't know, I... I don't know if I necessarily have advice for you. I definitely send you a hug or like a high five, whatever you need. Uh, for me during this time, I have been trying to just take one thing at a time. So even if it feels like or maybe it's you know reality that there's a million things that needs to get done, um, I am just trying to just, you know, one thing at a time um, and also trying to ride the wave. So, you know, sometimes when you're riding the wave, you're going up. Sometimes you're going down. And uh, different points of life, it will feel that same way. Sometimes you're going up, sometimes you're going down. Um, and I've also, for me personally, I've really been trying to focus on the gratitude that I have for the abundance that's in my life. I've been doing a lot of really fun like work projects that I can't wait to share with you guys and things that I'm just really excited and passionate about. So I try to remember even when I'm like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Uh, this is so much. I try to remember the days that I, I don't know, I was just reflecting on this, so I apologize. I've already gone on a tangent and we haven't even gotten to the topic yet. But I was thinking about this the other day and I'm feeling compelled to share. So maybe I'm just, you know, feeling in a sharing mood sitting here in the darkness of my little closet. But I was thinking about, I was having a moment and I was sitting at my co-working space and I was like, oh my gosh, and I have this to do, I have that to do. And I was it was like one of those days where you almost feel like so overwhelmed by all the things that you have to do that you end up wasting way more time like thinking about all the things you have to do and trying to decide like which one you should start with first than just literally just diving into one and getting started. It was one of those days. It doesn't happen to me often, but when it does, I can't say it's like particularly pleasant. So I was having one of those days and then it just like hit me and I was like, you know, it was mostly like business stuff, but I was like, you know, I used to just like when I first set up the info at yogafreeonline.com email, like I used to check it just like hoping there would be an email in there and just like being like, oh, I've started this business. Like I just wish someone would like email me and take interest in my business or like want to book a session or want information on classes or you know, whatever it is, or maybe someone wants to email me and like collaborate on my podcast. And I used to check that email inbox and be like, just hoping that there'd be like some action or activity in there when I first started. And now there's just such, you know, there's so much abundance there and activity 
I say the email inbox because that's what I happen to be staring at, trying to decide which uh, project I wanted to tackle or which, you know, thing I wanted to work on first. And it, it just, I don't know, it just, I had to remind myself that I used to dream of like a busy inbox. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, you should go from nothing to then like complete overwhelm, but it helped me, you know, put it in perspective a little bit of like, there's some things that years ago, uh, I, you know, was dreaming of having days where I was like, oh, there's so, you know, there's so much going on here. And, you know, I'm juggling these different things, doing what I love and running yoga for you. And it was just a nice reminder to me that, you know, one, I do need to find balance. I need to make sure I'm not in, you know, nothing and hoping something will come to my inbox or sitting there staring at my inbox, feeling overwhelmed, you know, looking for that elusive balance and harmony in life. But it was just a cool reminder that, Sometimes busyness and seasons like this are also a sign of abundance and that it might be something that you used to wish for and now it's a reality. So just, you know, some food for thought. Uh, I've I've been thinking about that a lot. And um, so in case that's something that's on your mind, uh, I will share it with you too. Maybe there's something in your life that you used to only dream of or think about and, and now you're doing it and may feel really busy and wild. Um, but but you're doing it. So, but if not, wherever you're at, I hope you're doing well. Okay. Restorative yoga. Let's dive into it. I love restorative yoga. I will absolutely start there. Um, but I did not used to love, I didn't not used to, I didn't used to love restorative yoga. Oh boy. I don't, am I okay? What language is hard? I, restorative yoga, it definitely was not something that I felt it was not love at first sight. Let's just say that. As you guys know, and, you know, I've talked about this before here, but I used to be into yoga for, like, the physical, the workout, the, quote, stretch. Uh, I would like a, you know, really powerful, fiery vinyasa practice and really kind of just, like, get after it. That was when I started yoga. And and really, I firmly believe that I just – I didn't get it. Like, no one ex- – I mean, I probably wouldn't have listened even if someone explained it to me, but – I like no one ever explained to me the importance and the significance of slowing down or resting or unwinding or taking time to let your body pause and recover. Even like with Shavasana, I used to be a Shavasana skipper, which is like just, you know, admitting to something horrible in the yoga world. But, you know, I would be that person where Shavasana, that's like that last pose at the end of a yoga class where you're laying down on your mat. Um, I used to roll up my mat and like, you know, sneak out the door, be like, okay, see you later. Uh, my workout is, quote, over. I got to go run off to the next thing. And restorative yoga is so different than what I used to practice or what I was first introduced to as being, quote, um, yoga. So the first time that I tried a restorative class, I did not like it. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this episode or put it as a potential topic, because if you haven't tried restorative yoga before and you're curious, I want to give you just a little bit about what to expect, like why we're doing it, some of the benefits of it. If you're already a restorative yoga lover, then I will probably already be singing to the choir, but maybe you'll get to learn just a little bit more about the practice um, that you love. Also, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the episode, and now it is uh, popping into my brain, but I actually, I created a restorative yoga practice for all of you to try it. So it's a 20-minute 
restorative yoga for deep stress relief. So congratulations if you made it 12 minutes into this episode. Uh, You get the special little gift that I meant to give you at the beginning of the episode. But I made a restorative class for you to try. It's on YouTube. You may not have known I was on YouTube. I actually put all the Mindful Minutes um, episodes on YouTube as well. And I'm going to start adding some yoga classes. So you can try restorative yoga if you want. I'll put the link uh, in the show notes or you can go over to YouTube and just search for my channel Mindful in minutes. So anyways, regardless, you'll get to try restorative yoga if you want. I hated it the first time I tried it. I was like, what is this? Uh, I am bored. What is the point? I'm not getting a workout. I don't feel like I'm, quote, stretching. Uh, What am I doing here? I thought it was like weird because the teacher was having us, now I know, do some guided meditation and some guided imagery in these poses. But at the time, I can't even remember how old I was. I was old enough to drive a car because I remember my first class, I drove myself there. But I don't think I was, you know, much. I don't even know if I was 18 yet. Maybe I was 18. But I tried my first restorative yoga class and, yeah, wasn't wasn't a fan. I thought that the purpose of yoga was moving your body and sweating and getting a stretch. And I didn't understand the practice, but I also didn't appreciate the art of slowing down. It wasn't until later when I took my yoga teacher training, my 200-hour yoga teacher training, which was years later, where I began to explore some of these softer, gentler sides of yoga. And I finally learned what restorative yoga was and why we did it and the power of being still and slowing down and turning inward and giving the body and the mind time to just hit that pause button and rest and restore, which is what gives us restorative yoga. So if you've never done it before, restorative yoga is a practice where it is very slow. The class is typically made up of like four to eight poses. They're held around five to 10 minutes each. The one that I created for you, it has, I believe, four poses. You hold each one for like three to four minutes, so it's not uh, too long there. But you do typically, you'll only do a few poses. You'll hold them for minutes. But the thing that makes restorative yoga really unique is that you use a lot of props. The class that I created for you, it just has a bolster. You could sub that out for like a pillow from your bed or two pillows from your bed. But if you go to a yoga studio that offers a lot of restorative yoga, they will use a lot of props, a lot of blankets, bolsters, uh, pillows, eye pillows, sandbags, yoga straps, maybe yoga wheels, uh, so many different props. And at first, it can be a little bit intimidating, like what are these things? You know, how do I use them? But your teacher should hopefully give you good instruction on how you use each pose and how you use each prop to get into the pose. So what we're trying to do with restorative yoga is we are using props to get into the shape with the body. So we're still doing twists, we're still doing back bends, we're still doing forward folds, we're doing inversions. What we're trying to do is we're trying to take the strain and discomfort off of the body by using props to prop ourselves up in that shape and then letting the weight of gravity then do a gentle, more passive opening for you. So for example, you know, yoga is made up of there's different categories of poses. I named a bunch of them a moment ago, back bends, um, back bends slash heart openers, you know, hip openers, twists, inversions, 
several different ones, where you may think of a hip opener, uh, maybe you think about pigeon, pigeon pose and yoga. So when you're just doing that, there is quite a bit of strain in the body or there can be strain in the body when you're doing that the traditional way. But a version of doing this in restorative yoga is doing pigeon on the wall. So you're going to lay on your back. You're going to bring your glutes pretty close to the wall. And then you will put one foot so that your knee is at a 90 degree angle on the wall. And then you'll cross the other foot on that knee. So you're creating figure four legs, which is exactly what you're doing in pigeon. But you're utilizing the wall so that you're creating that same figure four shape and opening in the body. But it's not quite as intense for the hip joint and also the meniscus in the knee. So still, it's the same shape. It's the same opening. And I don't know about you, but thinking about holding a traditional pigeon uh, for, you know, five to eight minutes sounds uh, intense and not necessarily, I'm not dying to do that. But when you do like a more restorative version, there's many restorative versions of pigeon, but this one in particular against the wall I like, I could absolutely stay there for several minutes and I'm still getting the same opening in the body, but it's not quite as intense. So restorative yoga is a style of yoga that was first founded by BKS Iyengar and uh, BKS Iyengar, uh, he is an interesting person. I will let you, if you are curious, you can do research into him on your own, or if you are someone who pra- practices uh, Iyengar yoga or a style of yoga from the Iyengar lineage, um, you're probably already familiar with him and his work. He has these very, just these epic eyebrows. So a lot of people, that's not, he's <laughs> He's done many, many things. He has done, excuse me, many, many things in his life. However, I bring up the eyebrows because there is a book that a lot of people are familiar with that he has written called Light on Life. It's like a red book. And it has BKS Iyengar on the front, big smiling face, and the eyebrows, like people, (laughs) I don't know what it is. I mean, they're impressive eyebrows. Like he was well ahead of, you know, Cara Delevingne, but those eyebrows people always I'll talk about BKS Iyengar and they'll be like oh did he write light on life I'll be like yeah and they'll be like oh that one isn't that that you know red book with the happy guy with the big eyebrows I swear that's how everyone describes that book to me so that's why I bring up the eyebrows so if you're like I don't know if I'm familiar with him um you may have seen that book or one of his other books or seen him you know a video of him practicing um And so, yeah, you may have seen his his eyebrows. They're pretty great. But anyways, BKS Iyengar. So Iyengar yoga is very into um, a very specific alignment and specific form for each pose with each shape in your body. And Iyengar yoga can be um, pretty intense. It's also, it traditionally, if you were studying with BKS Iyengar, you would practice a lot, like the physical practice, a lot. So what you would do on the days that you were sick or you were injured was you would still get your yoga practice in, but you would do this thing. It wasn't really called restorative yoga then, but it's what we call it now, that you will um, that you will basically still get your yoga practice in, but use the props to take the strain off of the body so you can still get the benefits of the practice, but you're not putting more tension on the body if you're sick or if you're injured or experiencing discomfort. So then Judith Lassiter, um, who is one of the founders of Yoga Journal, she 
really kind of popularized restorative yoga. And she also, she's written this book called Living Your Yoga, which is one that I actually assigned to my 200-hour teacher training. And um, maybe I should put all these, like, books together in a link. Just thinking out loud. But if I remember by the time I get to the end of this episode, uh, I'll do that and I'll put it in the show notes if I, if I remember. I'll try to remember. Okay. So Judith Lasseter really took, she studied with BKS Angar, took this idea of restorative yoga, the practice that they were doing, and kind of popularized it. It has changed a little bit since then, um, but restorative yoga now, it is all about slowing down. It's about opening your body through passive stretching, deep breathing, and these long holds of yoga poses that take the strain off of the body by really utilizing props to help prop yourself up in the different shapes. It uses a lot of imagery and breath, descriptive language. And when I say that these classes can be very prop heavy, so again, Judith Lasseter, she's written a handful of books on restorative yoga. They're very good. I like them. I've read most of them. There is one, I think it's called Restore and Balance, I believe is the uh, latest one. And I, I can't remember the exact title off the top of my head, but I'll link to it. And there is a point in that book in which she's showing different versions of Shavasana with all of these different props. And I am not kidding. There is one picture, one version of Shavasana that it is like you are creating like a cocoon for yourself. There are props everywhere. It looks like how I feel in the middle of winter, like where, like to the point where you get all these props, you're laying on your side, you have a huge blanket and like one half of the blanket is underneath you. And then you take the other half of the blanket and like wrap it around you, like truly like making this like beautiful yoga cocoon. And when I saw that, I was like, this is just like iconic restorative yoga. Like this is next level. You probably won't see like that level of prop usage in just your everyday restorative yoga class at a yoga studio, you might. Um, I haven't seen that level of prop usage a lot in my experience. Um, You may use like a couple of bolsters, some blocks, and a blanket to really get into position and to make sure that your body is comfortable. But you can. You can get pretty, pretty crazy. This is how, you know, us yoga teachers, we get pretty crazy by using a lot of yoga props. But you can use restorative yoga. You can practice restorative yoga. You can use a lot of props. You can only use a few props. So the class that I recorded for you guys is it just uses the one prop, a bolster, which I already said you could sub out for some pillows from your bed. That's still restorative yoga because, again, we're using props. We're slowing down. We're doing long holds. We're letting the weight of gravity and the use of props to give us a passive opening in the body. And This kind of class is very slow. You will do a lot of um, introversion. You'll practice, you know, some pratyahara, like that withdrawal of the senses. And you will really slow down. You'll focus on your breath. And it is like it. I think it can be really, really challenging, not just for myself, but I've heard from other students, too, that at times restorative yoga can feel really challenging, Okay, so why is restorative yoga so hard? If you're not doing a lot of poses, you're not you know, doing a lot of physical movement, why is it hard? I believe that the reason restorative yoga can be so tricky for one, this was my first experience with restorative yoga. I really didn't like it because I felt like I was, quote, just doing nothing. And I, I really struggled with 
only having a few poses. And it's made me realize that I was relying so much on a fast-paced, quick-moving vinyasa practice to almost distract myself in a way. I, you know, wasn't thinking of much because I was just focusing on the next pose and the next pose and the next pose. It wasn't until I really slowed down and turned inward and I was kind of just left with my body and my thoughts. And I really, really struggled with that. And I just, I didn't know what to do. And I think for many people, not just in restorative yoga, but I heal, hear this with meditation too. People say, oh, I tried to meditate once and my brain was so busy, I hated it. I, you know, I can't do it. I can never do it again. And I think for many people, we are so go, 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 do all the things, do this, do that, do more, go faster, put more on your plate, that when you finally slow down or when you're forced to slow down, everything kind of floods in. Your brain is busy. Your body is exhausted. You're tired. You're run down. And it's like, wow, I didn't even realize that this was going on. So for me, and I didn't know what to expect when I walked into a restorative yoga class. So that was part of it too. I was like, well, what is this? This wasn't what I expected. But it was so hard for me to slow down because everything kind of came flooding to the surface. And I realized that I I was never slowing down. And so having this sudden like, you know, reverse uno where <laughs> it was like just the opposite and now I just was slowing down for I think it was a full 75 minute class and I really struggled with it. I was antsy. I was like, oh, I wonder how long we're going to be here. My brain was busy. I was, you know, a little bit twitchy. I didn't let myself fully release into the pose. It was really hard for me and I didn't like it. However, I have obviously come around <laughs> to restorative yoga because it's now something that I teach and I teach people how to teach. And the reason that I've really come around to restorative yoga, one, it's accessible. This is something that um, when I was, you know, when my mom was going through her cancer treatments and was recovering from surgeries, I remember there was a time where I was doing um, another restorative practice with her later on while she was recovering because at the time, doing a hot, fiery, spicy vinyasa class, that wasn't an option and that wasn't what she needed. I didn't realize it at the time, um, but restorative yoga was also what I needed emotionally too. But I love how it can be very accessible to people. You can use these props to get into shapes with the body and you can really open up and release. And I love that. There's so many different types of students that can come to restorative yoga and they can feel nurtured, they can feel supported, they can slow down, they can turn inward. And I love that about the practice. It's also such a wonderful opportunity to fuse these little moments of meditation in between the poses. So most likely in your restorative yoga class, once the teacher gets you set up in your position, they'll give you something to think about. So maybe you'll be focusing on your breath. Maybe they'll give you something to visualize. They'll give you something to kind of ruminate on or meditate on when you have your, you know, anywhere from four to 10 minutes that you're holding this pose. And so you get to have these tiny little like micro meditations in each pose. And I think that's so cool, not just from taking it, but also teaching it and getting to give people these little micro meditations throughout the practice is really great too. I also have really come around on the idea of the significance of slowing down. I've really had to change my mindset around the idea that like slowing down is bad or it's quote 
lazy or useless. Like these are things that I used to tell myself. And it wasn't until I pushed myself so far and was so go, 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 go all the time that I really experienced like all encompassing total burnout that I had to embrace these softer practices that I had to nurture myself. I had to rest. I had to restore my body and my mind and my heart. And I really kind of fell in love with the practice of restorative yoga, being able to to do that and to slow down and to have these longer holds and just be able to turn the volume down in life. So that I, I've really, you know, come around to it. And now I really love teaching it, but teaching people how to teach it, because I think it's such a beautiful tool to have in your toolbox if you're someone that works with people. Because we like, what a gift to give people the gift of being able to slow down, and to unwind and to feel like, you know, they can be taken care of for an hour or 75 minutes, or, you know, even just doing a few poses, like what a nice gift you can give someone. And I just think it's a beautiful tool to have in your toolbox if you work in the yoga or the mindfulness or wellness kind of healing space. Um, I think it's really, really cool. So some of the benefits of restorative yoga, because you know this would not be a one-on-one episode if I didn't talk about some good old science, because I love it. I, oh my gosh, I just was like on one with excitement uh, this weekend because I was leading the virtual yoga nidra teacher training and I get to do like a full deep dive into like the history of yoga nidra and the anatomy and physiology of like sleep and rest and relaxation and I was like practically like levitating out of my chair <laughs> I was loving it so much those poor people on the other side of the training they're probably like oh boy she really likes some good old anatomy so some of the benefits of restorative yoga And these are ones that have been studied. Um, I can also link to some studies in the show notes. Hopefully I'm remembering all of these things that I'm saying I'm going to do. So if I forget, sorry. Um, It helps to calm and deactivate the sympathetic nervous system, which is that kind of fight or flight mechanism. And it helps to encourage and activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is that rest and digest. This we already know meditation does this too. It helps to kind of shut down that fight or flight and then activate that rest and digest. It can help improve circulation as well as flexibility and mobility, which, you know, all yoga where you're utilizing poses does this. But again, restorative yoga is going to do it in a gentler way. It can help decrease pain and quiets the pain center of the brain. So that's the amygdala. We know that meditation does this too, that when you are practicing single-pointed concentration, you're taking the neurological activity away from the amygdala and you're putting it more towards the prefrontal cortex. And the amygdala is the pain center of the brain. So the less activation we have there, the smaller it becomes and the smaller physiological responses you are having to uh, pain and pain triggers. It helps to promote relaxation, of course. <laughs> it, you know, that's what it's designed to do. Um, and it has been shown to help reduce anxiety, depression, insomnia, and stress-related heart disease. Now, a big piece of that, I will say, is because of that relaxation piece, right? If you are under a lot of stress, we know our mental health is not going to be great. It's certainly not going to get any better when we're under a ton of stress. Our heart and heart-related, um, or sorry, stress-related heart disease it's not going to get better if we're under a ton of stress. Our sleep, we're probably not sleeping very well if we're under a ton of stress. 
It's also people self-report, feeling that it increases self-awareness and introspection, and it has been shown to help boost your immune system. Um, that's because our immune system regenerates and strengthens in moments of rest and relaxation. It does a lot of this um, in sleep, most of it in sleep, but restorative yoga, you can also get that little immune system um, boost that you need, and it's been shown to decrease cortisol in the body. So, and then my personal... <laughs> My personal benefit is that it feels like a nice special way to treat yourself and to still be able to practice yoga even if you are not feeling well or you're injured and you can still take care of your body in a very soft, like nourishing way. So that's something that I personally um, really, really enjoy about the practice. So I think that is all that I have to say um, when you guys ask me to do a restorative yoga 101 I think that's kind of it, you know, what it is, um, how I hated it, now I love it, uh, what to expect, the benefits of it, what it's like. If you've never tried restorative yoga, again, I made a 20-minute practice for you. Feel free to use it. You can find it on YouTube. I'll link it in the show notes. Also, I encourage you, go try like a full class. If there's a yoga studio by you and they have restorative on the schedule, just give it a try. See what it's like. You may find that it's the thing, especially if you're used to doing those really kind of like powerful physical practices, give restorative a try. It can be a really nice balance to what you're already doing. Or if you're someone who, you know, likes higher intensity workouts and you just need some time to rest and restore and give the body a break, give restorative yoga a try. You might like it. I always tell people, try it twice because the first time you're really kind of getting a feel for like what is it what to expect what is it like and then the second time you already know what it's going to be like and what to expect so then you can really kind of sink into the practice and then figure out that second time if it's for you or not so I recommend trying it twice before you decide if it's for you or not um that is it um uh, let's see something that is currently bringing me joy right now you know this weekend uh pork chop and um, my husband, Porkchop's dad, they were uh, at grandma's house hanging out, just, you know, having a boys weekend while I was doing uh, yoga nidra teacher training. And I got to take Mila for a walk just like solo. And I kind of miss that a little bit. Like she and I, we used to be such a little dynamic duo. And, you know, we used to take our little solo walks. Especially when I was pregnant, we'd be doing like three little mini walks a day. And it was just kind of nice. I was like, oh, you know, this is kind of fun. Not that I don't love pork chop and bringing him, but it's always a little more chaotic. You have a dog, you have a stroller, you know, there's whatever. It's just busier. But just being able to like just go out first thing in the morning, early morning and going for a walk with Mila was something I've just, it's really been bringing me, me joy lately. And I've really been liking it. So yeah, that's something that's making me happy. That's something that is bringing me joy. And then a question that is from all of you. Um, I prompted on Instagram, I asked if you could go anywhere on a retreat, where would you go? And many of you um, asked me the same question. And so I thought I would just answer it here. If I could go anywhere for a retreat, like not even leading one, but to like take a, a retreat, well, you guys know I'm still waiting for my invitation to Tonga <laughs> to see the whales because that one time I saw it, there was like one listener in Tonga. They definitely don't listen anymore because for years I've been trying to get their attention and get them to email me and invite me to their home in Tonga. So, you know, I've kind of given up on that one. Uh, but that could be cool. I also, I would really like to return to New Zealand. I haven't been in a while. And I don't know, the Patagonia region of South America has always interest, you know, it's interested me. And 
I don't know, maybe Bali. And this is not like a little Easter egg of where, you know, where we're going. I do have um, one 2023 retreat that I'll be announcing soonish, but it's not any of those places. But the place that I do retreats in Bali, it's it's the place where I did my 300-hour training too. And I don't know what it is about that particular yoga shala, but two of the biggest, like, breakthroughs like emotional mental breakthroughs in my life have happened in that shala so I don't know what it is but there's a little magic there and I'm kind of feeling like I could use a little magic in my life again not an easter egg I don't you know I don't have Bali um, on the 2023 schedule maybe 2024 we'll see I'd like to go back Um, but I could use a little shala magic right now too so yeah that's my my question uh, of the day that I'm answering So thank you so much for being here and listening and supporting my work. And I hope that you are having a wonderful day.